everybody. It has been pissing rain in St. John's for what feels like three weeks, and if nothing else can take your mind off it, it is a relatively uneventful trade deadline. Charles Pickett is here. Hey, how's it going? Our guest is Existential Dread. There's no one one here with us today. Uh, I always do enjoy the trade deadline. It's a nice thing for me. It's... It's almost always a letdown. It's like the New Year's Eve of hockey days that you think it's going to be amazing. The hype gets too big and it's just fine. I knew this year was going to be a big flop, but I feel so like even Sportsnet scaled back what they were doing on TV. Like yeah. they were like, yeah, we're only going to be on for four hours. I just feel so bad. Like I got up at like eight and the guys were on TSN then. And I'm just like, oh, there's no end. Of- and they're still on now. Like we yeah. got to do, we got to do this for like an hour and a half tops. I know. They've been there for like. And and they, and most of that is anticipation, right? Like we have, I mean, we're only like there's. I think there's still press conferences and stuff happening, yeah. but at least we can take a look back at what happened. But I do have a lot of empathy for those guys. Like for instance, when Matthias Yammer got traded, they're like, "Does anyone have anything to say about this guy?" And all of them were like, ah. "I will say right quick that this is, I think, the deadline that we will remember as the the deadline that Matthias Yammer fetched a bigger haul than Taylor." Oh, oh, that's confusing. <laughs> I was like, I thought my brain was breaking them for a yeah, minute. No, it's... Poor word choice. But there was this very funny thing that Kevin VX has said at some point. They're like, does anyone have anything with this guy? And, and everyone was like, ah. and Kevin VX was like, oh, I played this guy in the playoffs, man. Uh, he was really hard to play with. He's had a couple of good seasons. That's the guy in Nashville, right? And they're like, uh, no, that's Yarn Croak. And he's like, oh, oh, never mind. That guy's brutal, terrible deal. <laughs> oh, that's got to be rough. It's got to be rough. Yeah, and also it's like, oh, rookie mistake, Kevin. You've only been on air for four hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Lindy Ruff. Lindy Ruff. So we always have a little... We're not sure where to start this ever in terms of what team we're going to focus on first. But I think in in a strange way, I think where what might be a nice place to start we are going to get into lots of leafs we'll get into the sam bennett trade we'll do a brief review of what the selling teams did slash didn't do but i think we got to start with a waiver claim yep. victor meat <laughs> victor mete uh went on waivers for absolutely nothing i know for instance your roommate is a huge victor mete fan yeah big big uh and so am i like he's I'm a big Travis Dermott guy still, even though he didn't have a great bubble, and he's subpar so far this season. He's he's reliable. He's just not flashy, is is what we what we thought he was. He is a fine bottom pairing guy. I always thought that you see those memes where it's like the average this, and it's kind of a little stick man, and then you see it's like the enjoyer of that, and it's this jacked up dude. I always kind of felt that Vic Mete was probably the evolved form of uh, Travis Dermott, like a little more refined. And I'm just confused how they let him go for nothing. I am surprised that they let him go for nothing, but I'm not confused because I think that the Bergevin administration (laughs) has really put a premium on guys like Ben Sherratt, Joel Edmondson. It was like, holy shit, they're going to be picking up these guys who are like, they look, they, they feel to me like guys in, you know, the late nineties who you had to have. And now it's just this old narrative that you need toughness. And then you get, you let a 22 year old guy who has driven play at many levels is great in transition on a team dying for someone who's good in transition and who's put up great numbers with Shea Weber, who looks good next to no one this year. And they let him go. And I think, I don't know if it was kind of, they wanted to get a contract because I think they put Paul Byron, like, they put Paul Byron on three or four times this season and nobody would bite. Like, Paul Byron's natural habitat this season was was waivers. Like, that boy Chuck guy from a few years ago was like, hey, what's up? You're the only guy that's gone on waivers more than me. Uh, I think they knew someone was going to claim. I would like to see the list of everyone that put in a claim for Mete. Like, I would like to see because... Well, the, Ottawa's pretty high up. Ottawa must be, I think at most, they're like fourth. I think there might be as high as second. Like, I can only think of Buffalo that would be in the waiver order ahead of them. And I think everyone knows Buffalo's stance is no more pay. Like, we're not we're not giving any, anyone else any money. No payrolls. I am surprised that a smart team never called Buffalo. And they're like, are you taking Victor Mete? And if the answer's no, may I? Can you take him? And I'll flip you a fifth tomorrow. Or honestly, 
let's even change that if Kevin Adams would just to have the, you know, be like, oh, someone's going to want this guy, even if I don't, because I guess I'm bad at evaluating hockey. They're second. So really it was just Buffalo, and then Ottawa was like, oh, thank God. The, the and he's Gal- dressed tonight, by the way. Uh, Mete's playing Oh, tonight. yeah, he drove straight there. It's only like a two-hour drive from Montreal to Ottawa, I think. Yeah. Uh, it, that's the uh, Alex Galchenyuk move, where Carolina took him as a throw-in on a deal, and then they were like, no, st- stay where you are. And they just found another home for him uh, instead of him having to go down quarantine and come back in quarantine. Like, he was part of that, I think it was a Cedric Paquette deal going to, and, they, you know, Galchenyuk had to go the other way for contract purposes. And they were like, no, you, you stay where you are. Like, we'll, find, we'll find someone who wants you. I'm, I, you know, the Leafs fan of me is kind of like, okay, I, you know, and it, I don't have to worry about Vic Mete scoring an overtime goal or something against my team or because he's capable. The weird thing. And he's weird, young, man. Yeah. The weird takeaway for me for this, it seems like a lot of GMs and not just the Habs right now. It's kind of a copycat league. And without doubt, I think they are modeling a team unit and a team identity over individual skill sets and talent here, which there's no one... I don't in- know if that's copycat, though. I think that's the death rattle of that being the entire league. I, I, don't, I don't like this as an asset management move. I will say, though, that one thing about Bergevin is he just does a lot of shit. That's fair. He throws... He's, he's a he's, busy he's, man. He's, he's, he'll throw anything at a wall and, and see if it sticks. Uh, two things about Bergevin I really like. Uh, he's a, like long-standing known as the practical jokester on any team he's been on. So one of my favorite ones that I, I just want to, just because you, you picture him as a GM now, and this is what he was like, a player. He was with the Penguins, I think, in 98 or something, and Holinka was their coach, Ivan Holinka, who spoke not very well in the English department, but this was the Europens era, and Bergman was a defenseman. So he goes to the hotel staff with a picture of Ivan Holinka and tells the hotel staff, this guy's a stalker. Don't let him in. He's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the red coach. And, like, he, he shows up. I, I, don't, I don't know the rest of the story. I, I, I don't know if, like, the police got involved or something like that. But, like, he shows up and he wasn't allowed in the hotel. They were like, You know what? Like many practical jokes and almost any prank, the idea itself is always funnier than the execution anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well... We're eight minutes into this. Do you want to go? Do you want to do your second Bergevin prank? Or uh, we have not mentioned a trade yet. And we're eight minutes into our trade deadline show, <laughs> oh, so we'll leave it at one prank. We'll leave it at one Burge prank. Okay. You know what? Well, next week we're gonna do our, our recurring segment, which is that Charles tells me about a Bergevin prank, and I swear to God, if you tell me about that fucking plant hiding costume, I will be very pleased because I thought that was delightful. <laughs> um, this is something that I really liked. So we talked about. I know that you uh, were big on. Savard in Columbus, who had a good who had a good uh, bubble against Toronto last year. We will get into guys who are overrated because they had a good bub, uh, good bubble performance with Columbus last year. And I think people really romanticized that Columbus or sorry that Columbus team because they beat Tampa that year. Yeah. Now the thing is, uh, I don't want to debate too much whether I think that basically I think that you think that he was like a prime target. I think he is okay, but I think that people don't realize that he's fallen off a little bit. Savard, I the, mean. The one thing, so obviously we're, we're going to, a fair amount of this is going to be spent talking about Columbus and where the pieces from Columbus kind of ended up. But the one thing I kind of look at that Columbus team right now is it's the same team that had bubble success and, and, and embarrassed the Leafs. And what have they done since? Well, here's the thing. I think the it's an enormous mistake to overthink winning a bubble yeah, playoff well, series. Five, it's, three out of five at that. And again, I mean. every week we try not to talk about Columbus, and fuck, here we are yet again talking about the Columbus goddamn Blue Jackets. We're not over it. I well, I'm 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 okay. This is what I wanted to talk about. John Merrill, Montreal, flipped for a third. John Merrill's one of those guys because I mentioned that I, while Savard I think is effective, it would certainly add to a team. The price they paid for him was a premium. I think it was a first and a third. Uh, now, Montreal flipped to, to Detroit. They flipped a third-round pick for a guy named John Merrill. And John Merrill is not a sexy name. But in terms of shot suppression, in terms of penalty killability, in terms of being able to eat difficult minutes, John Merrill's done it better uh, than Savard on a much worse Detroit team. And I just think that it's like, why trade? You know, why are you trading 
a first round pick for a guy when you could get a name that is not going to be as exciting and just pay for pay for less. The other guy they in, got in respect to Tampa trading a first round pick is that what you mean? I think yeah. Well, I, I think well, there's definitely salary retention involved in the Tampa side of things. I don't yeah, think but John, John Merrill, Merrill made. You know, I'm just saying John Merrill's a guy who made a million bucks. You don't need yeah, to retain. You don't know, but I, I think Tampa and also Tampa. I think is they're going to do whatever it takes to go back to back here, including going the entire season without their superstar and MVP, which which they did with Kucherov, which I'm still. I'm I'm sour about that. I don't care at all. You don't care at all? Uh, I really don't because I think the salary cap is dumb and I think if people want to do their little tricks, I'm happy about it. Just because you know why? Because I want to next year. Well, yeah, that's fair too. And if I had the chance to do it, I think it's it's just okay. Oh, would you want would uh, I don't think they would have done it if it was an 82 game season, but like would you want to go a fair chunk of the season like without Austin Matthews because he needs wrist surgery or something? I would never go another day without Austin Matthews yes. for any price in the world. Do you know so. like if if that happened if it's like yeah, Austin Matthews is out until at least February, I'd probably just play the sad song from the Titanic so loud over every Leafs game I watched just on repeat. Like I watch, think I was doing that for the last 15 years before he came already. <laughs> I'd watch the games, but it would just be that Celine Dion tune. Hell of a key change in that one, too. I'm pulling us back to trades. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm a little rattled. Well, that's not okay. Rattled, I'm a little scrambled, we'll say. A little scrambled. Well, I mean, the first sign of, of scrambles in a man is if you look across the room, you see, you see your friend making Celine Dion references. <laughs> it's time to put the boat away from the iceberg. Uh, Eric Gustafson. For a conditional seventh, Flyers retain half. Any thoughts on Eric Gustafson? Uh, so when I was reading... like, it might be Gustafson. Sorry if it is. Uh, so everyone in Habs land, and everyone, I think, in, in most NHL markets, were terrified that their team would be the idiot GM to go out and buy Eric Grabanson from Ottawa, uh, who's just... <laughs> is, <laughs> I'm sorry, who? Grabanson? Good, Gra- good Branson. Good Branson? Good Branson? Got Branson? I don't know. He's bad, whoever he is. Yeah. He's very, very, very bad. Uh, and I thought that's who... The, so, like, Ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast today, Don Cherry is here. <laughs> oh, rough start. Celine Dion, and I'm getting compared to Don Cherry. Uh, so, my, like, one of my best friends, the, the Mete guy, he's like, this, he's like, the only way this take gets worse for me is if they trade for Eric Gabranson from the Sens. And I thought it was. And I was like, oh, fuck. I, should I tell? Like, I, I just looked at it at a glance. Like, should I tell him? I guess if it is, he should hear it from me. And I almost did until I looked again. I was like, oh, false alarm, everybody. Well, it's funny because Eric Gustafson is like l- the polar opposite because he's a po- he's a poor, I mean, he's a poor defensive player, but he is a, he, he can QB a, a, a quarterback. He can, <laughs> sorry, oh, fuck, I'm off too. He could QB a PP. I tried oh, to say that he, he could quarterback a quarterback. That is top tier analysis right there. Yeah, Gustafson is uh, is very good. He's a good transition player. He's kind of the guy that Montreal, I was about to say that Montreal needs, but it's, it's if they had Victor Mete, they would have exactly kind of what he offers. Not as good offensively, but Mete's a better defender. Mete did demand a trade this year. That goes without saying. Like, that's kind of a thing that's here, too. He did demand a trade, so you're kind of running... Well, I guess the the trade-off would have been, do you lose him for nothing at the end of the season, or do you lose him for nothing at the deadline so you can add two defensemen what the fuck are montreal doing with all the defensemen anyway i don't know but i i think that like do i think the question do you lose him for nothing i think no but i think that if you had a good valuation of your own asset you would see that victor mete is going to get you at least a draft pick and it's stupid to lose him on waivers while you're spending picks for guys who are i mean don't get me wrong this is the thing i hate them losing mete for nothing but gustafson is useful uh especially on a team on a blue line that needs mobility and John Merrill, I think, is one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. And the mullet on this guy is Oh, he's a hard-looking rig, isn't he? My goodness gracious. He's got one of those dirt stashes, too, does he not? And you know what? As an athlete, I, like some people are like, I don't like that Austin Matthews has a mustache. I'm like, I wish every athlete was like Dennis Rodman and just did the craziest oh, thing right. and just went for it. Yeah, right. why not? You're not an accountant. There are no rules. <laughs> Get wild, baby. I, I always want, like, I want elite athletes that look like they just do nothing but crush cigs like flat out 
Like John Merrill looks like, like the guy. Matthews and John Merrill. Yeah, John Merrill looks like the guy who, who smokes a cig in the dressing room, like in between periods. Well, okay, so with Montreal, I think not. It's it's so weird because it really taints their daily. I also think that Eric Stahl for a third and a fifth, while he has not been great so far, that's the kind of guy that at that price, if he pops in a couple decent playoff goals for you. It's worth it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I wanted Eric Stahl uh, on my Me team. Me too. Yeah, I wanted him. Um, I think the Habs... Well, I don't know if I did, actually, but... Well, we'll, we'll get to what you wanted. <laughs> 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 we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll spend a good chunk on that. Uh, I think the Habs could actually dress their bottom six and just have them all defensemen. And still be able to ice defensemen. <laughs> oh my god! They, well, they they've got a lot going on right now. I don't know, and I'm I'm worried. If I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan, I'm worried that Romanov's coming out of the lineup. Oh, they're not going to do that. Oh, aren't they? Because it looks to me like they just let one of their other prom- promising defenders go on waivers. So maybe scratching Jesus a guy is not that unlikely. Christ, I don't think they're going to do that. I did think that Romanov kind of made Mete a little bit more expendable because they've got Romanov at that... Oh, undeniable. They've got Romanov at that entry-level deal for two more seasons after this one. Yeah. Whereas Mete might be an RFA with Arbrights this summer. I'm not entirely sure. He is, but Mete's the kind of guy that he he would... I think it's the kind of guy that you could re-sign for. He, you've got his rights, so you just re-up him for a million a year again. I could see the Sens moving with the draft, because to me, he reeks of a asset that Calgary would want immediately. You've got Giordano that's aging over there. You, oh, yeah. Yeah, you've got Giordano that's aging over there. Mete transitions well and he got pretty good zone exit and pretty good yeah i just to me he looks like a calgary flames player but then again very interesting you've also got the sutter factor so what looks like would have been a calgary flames pair for me for a long time doesn't really fit into what the calgary flames i don't have a clue what calgary's doing what are you giving mark bergevin and i'm including so i think it's 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 worth including uh it's so, worth it's worth including like Eric Stahl in this, but okay. like for his yeah, trade for deadline. What was trade, trade history this season? Uh, I don't want to go all the way back. I want to go to okay. like you know just yeah, the recent season. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So we're looking at John Merrill for a third. Gustafsson retained at half for a seventh. Uh, Victor Mete goes on waivers. I do think that's very relevant, and we can't ignore it. And Stahl for a third and a fifth. Uh, I grade uh, Mark Bergevin with. Uh, so we're going to go with like the A, B, C, that, that, that grading? Yeah, okay. I'm going to give him a question mark plus because I'm just confused. Jesus Christ. I'm just, yeah. Come on, Charles. I don't know. You asked me what the system was. Yeah, well, I didn't want to say, you... I didn't want to say question mark plus and you're like out of 10, dumbass. Well, I'm still, I still think that. Well, I but now I just think alphabetical dumbass. It's the same thing. Uh, I don't know. Give I him a letter, Charles, or I... I'm giving you a boot. <laughs> <laughs> Give the man a letter. Play uh, my game. I don't know. C plus, B plus, B minus. You know what's so funny. I uh, I would say C plus because I think his other acquisitions are good, and I think this Mete thing is dumb as he shit. Frightens me though. I don't want to give him a low grade because he kicked my ass. Charles, he will never find you. <laughs> I saw him here once, eh? When they moved the uh, ice okay, caps so he's already team. found you. Well, I just saw him outside of Raymond's once when the Ice Caps had their uh, like announced that the Habs were the new partners. And I was walking down the road, and I was like, Jesus Christ, it looks like Mark Bergevin. And then, like... And then he was hiding behind a plant and ran away. <laughs> no. no we, we did not engage in any form of... I just walked past him. He looked like he could kick my ass, though. I mean, he would... If he found you, you'd be in shit. There's no way around that. Yes, All right. Sure. That's 20 minutes on the Habs. You guys, you had your fucking turn. Let's get into the Leafs. All right. Matt, how you feeling? How am I feeling? Let me tell you, Charles. I've been on a roller coaster of emotions last night. And I was in the bath when I found this out. <laughs> and I do know that a man who enjoys a tub is not the man, not the target demographic for someone who enjoy the acquisition of Nick Felino. I will say I was angrier last night than I was, than I am right now. This is what made me mad last night. I don't like the price. I am not saying by any means that this team is worse with Nick Foligno on it. It is better. I will say that definitively. But I do not like the cost. Uh, Not that I don't like trading our first-round pick. I was very ready to do that. But I thought there was was better use of that bullet. Uh, 
I think maybe is now is a, a fine time to talk about the Taylor Hall of it all. Just quickly, we won't spend too much time on it, but I do think that it's like Taylor Hall going for a second. And as you, t- well, why don't you just briefly just because you, but you basically whittled this out at eight o'clock in the morning. Why this is happening? Yeah. And, so, and okay. do you want to quickly first let off, the fine I, I wanna, people know? I, I want to tell people how mad you were at around eight p.m. last night and eight a.m. and eight a.m. Yes, twelve hours. I was mad there. about the first deal, and then I was mad about Hall yeah. going for a second. Uh, <laughs> Matt gave me an ultimatum yesterday. He's like, "If you don't think that the acquisition of Hall for the same price we paid as Nick Foligno, uh, we're, we're canceling the show. I'm not doing it anymore." No, I said I'd let you have the show, but I did say I would walk away. Okay, I said if I it. could not, if I could not, if I didn't, if I could not hear you say that Taylor Hall was better than Nick Foligno. Yeah, that was what it was. I would have which... not only walked away from the show, I would have walked into the ocean. <laughs> oh, that's dark. <laughs> Just for a dip. You Just sent... for a dip to clear my mind. You would have sent Mark Bergevin to kick my ass, find him on Cameo and be like, hey, you want to make more money? Uh, I the Taylor Hall thing to me just reeked of somebody who wanted to control where he goes, based on the feasibility of him getting a contract with term. Uh, because the Boston Bruins have about eleven million coming off the books with David Krejci and Tuka Rask and all those guys, and so I think I told you this like right when I woke up at like eight a.m. Because the the first message I got from you you today, had just broken out of REM sleep. Yes, the first message I got from Matt today read. I am physically ill <laughs> to, to give a rundown of. So I like I, ch- I checked in. I was like, oh, okay, Taylor Hall's going. To, and I was like, Taylor Hall to Boston. I just read it. Are you up? And he's like, I am physically ill. And to me, I was like, all I was thinking was like, okay, well, Taylor Hall right now, he had the heart. Then he was traded uh, because New Jersey couldn't retain him. There was no deal to get done there. And he went to Arizona. Didn't work out in Arizona. And then everything globally went fucking bananas and the cap is flat and people who had signed like gms historically signed terrible contracts because they're like "Ah, in two or three years it won't be bad and that just went away this summer thank god yeah it went away this summer so everything was squeezed so he signs the one year and he won it term like even the first two weeks into the season, all of the talk was like there might be an extension coming for Taylor. he was the late guy to sign yeah he was a late guy to sign because he wasn't getting term and then Buffalo just goes off several cliffs, like Homer Simpson going down Springfield Gorge. Like, I've never seen a team anything like this. And then Hall says, like, yeah, I'll waive my no-move clause. But I think it was the player controlling where he goes because he's got to turn it around quick. If he goes to market especially, he's got to turn it around quick. So if he trades himself anywhere in the Canadian market, he's losing a week's worth of games quarantining. Then he's a week slower. Then he draws in. And how quickly would whatever market he ends up, whether it's Toronto, who are interested, according to their fan base, Montreal, who, you know, people thought the Mete thing Every team gonna, in the NHL. Every team in the NHL. How quickly, though, does he get eaten alive by the media if he ends up in Canada and underperforms even a little bit, regardless of what they paid for him? I hate it from Taylor Hall. Uh, I just think that... It, I hate it. I, I just think that Boston... And he said... like he It was going to be Boston. Yeah, he said in his press conference, my no-move kind of allowed me to go to a team I wanted, which was Boston. Which, if I'm Buffalo, that fucking pisses me off. If I spend eight million bucks on you and you won't let me trade you to somewhere, anywhere that I can get a first-round pick... Obscene. It'd be like, and he and not only that, he wasn't good for them. It wasn't yeah. like you gave me a good year. I will say this, and because yeah, I know that there's some jersey people, sales out of him. There's <laughs> some people. There's some people right now who are screaming that like Taylor Hall has two goals. And I mean, first of all, yes, I'm Typically not going to be like. I'm them. not saying Taylor Hall is having a career year. I'm not even saying that he's having a great year. I'm saying that a bad year from Taylor Hall is better than a good year than. Almost every player in the league. Taylor Hall right now has more assists than Nick Foligno has points. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that Nick Foligno is not a better fit stylistically, and he is. And he does fill an absolute need for Toronto, which is a guy on a matchup line who sucks to play against. But my point right there, and I just think that not getting a guy like Hall, like, sure, 
you want a guy who can match up against the other team's lines. But you know what I would rather have? It's another franchise player. So let the other team worry about matching up against us. I, I think there was never an option. I think it was never, like, I I, I agree. I, yeah, I think but it was I need ne- to like, say it. Even, even if Dubas was like, hey, I'll give you three first round picks, probably all that changes is like, unfortunately, you see like Kevin Adams on his knees going like, please, man, please let me do this. I just thought I thought the first would have been, but I saw who most importantly who didn't move today, like someone like Jaden Schwartz, for instance, like, uh, and there was the guys on Nashville that we talked about briefly who never ended up moving because those teams were playing well, so there was less to trade for. So when I saw who did not move today, I was more comfortable with Nick Foligno. I'm very happy to have Nick Foligno, and I think that now it's like. I know that the the draft pick capital it's a lot, frankly. For I don't like paying that much for a one a one dimensional player. That's fair. I wouldn't I'll, want to trade it for Mike Hoffman. I, I would never. Yeah, no. That's and the fair. and the other way around, not for yeah, a guy no, who can no. only play offense, not for a guy who can only play defense. Here's the thing with me, and and I think this is where you and I had a pretty big argument via text, which is the worst way to argue with one of your friends, by the way. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not about uh, yeah, but not a, if me and you had a personal gripe with each other, well, I would call fair. you immediately. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. as a man like who gets bo- yeah, but like, as a man who gets bored in his own life sometimes, <laughs> it was well. I won't say argument it was probably bickering. I don't do that for most drafts. For most drafts, I'm not. I'm not. I, I am. I'll say right now, I'm passive about the price that we paid to get Nick Foligno. It's it's risk and reward. I won't even say it's high risk reward. It's quite literally risk reward. That's it. Uh, but if this draft year wasn't, you know, I just mentioned that like everything went bananas and it's a flat cap world, I would be more upset if we had traded any form of prospect, even a B prospect, in lieu of that first or that even that third. Because I understand. I just don't. And this time of year, especially during trade deadline year, like they always talk about the draft. It's like, who's the next big piece and all this stuff. And they talk about the draft lottery and all these things. I, even if there wasn't a pandemic and everybody was on the ice, I don't think this is a deep draft class. Like it drops off. That's what it says. But I do think that people say that, but there's always like 50 to 75 guys who are legitimate NHL players, I think, even in a bad draft. I, you know, they are harder to spot yeah. this year because of scouting and stuff. But yeah. my counter argument to that is the Leafs have the resources to take advantage of that. I think what happens in drafts is not necessarily you're the best at identifying players. It's that people in front of you make mistakes. Mm, that's true as well. And you, the, the way somebody else uh, lined it up was like, well, if you're going into this, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Pops draft, don't you want... Wait, as... Slater cuckoo for how many Cocoa Pops? <laughs> don't you want as many lottery tickets as possible? Because scouts haven't been able to scout. Don't you want as many lottery tickets as possible? Don't you want an extra third? Because who knows, if, if these kids were playing a full season, not an interrupted one, and like, I think some of the OHL is probably going to get over 12 games in, you might have guys that were in a normal year would have had the development jump and the growth spurt to enter the first round. Yeah, guys will slip because of this. Yeah, and 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 that's another way of looking at it. I guess I think the Leafs are going to have to rely on entry level talent for a little while. Oh, hundred uh, percent. out, and I I am really confident with what we've got there in terms of Robertson and all of those guys, and and maybe Amirov and Hollander and all these guys. I just don't, like, whoever we pick this summer is five years away, and I don't want to think about where the Toronto Maple Leafs are five years from now unless, I don't know, unless Kyle Dubas has a cup ring and he gives me one. because. And we are in friends. a cup window. Well, yeah, you'll get a, you'll get a ring for sure. Yeah. I'm what do you mean? We, we have a, a small Canadian division podcast. You think you're not getting a cup ring if the Leafs win a cup? You're going to get this. You're going to get that, and you're going to beat the shit out of Mark Bergevin with it. I think the it's good. Gives me the I'm not shit. mad. I think I'm like I. I am not mad now that I've seen that someone better has not gone for that price. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. like, oh my god, we could have had Yanmark. Even like the guy that I was arguing for, who I think is the forward equivalent of Nick Foligno to Savard to Merrill. Derek Ryan didn't move. Like yeah. Calgary hung on to him because, like, I do think if you, I think Derek Ryan has very similar impacts, but he's not a sexy name and he's not a captain. And if you're a captain. The round of the draft pick moves up. Which way does he spell Derek? Derek. D-E-R-E-K or D-E-R-R-I-C-K? Oh, he spells it the first way. He spells it D-E-R-K. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just 
just I was just curious. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad I got to clear that up. Like several ways to spell it. That's good. I bet there's like 99% of people were like, why is he saying that? But I bet there's one person listening to this who's like, thank God. I know. I don't have to Google how the, to spell Derek Ryan. Person is like, yo, this guy's doing a podcast and the most granular niche thing is all Canadian divisions. Like, he doesn't know how to spell Derek. <laughs> um, speaking of good defensive forwards, Riley Nash, former yeah. Leaf killer. They picked up for a seventh round pick. That's the shit that I love. Those are, I, I think if you look back on the deadline deal, that's what I learned last year from looking at all those old trades. Are the real good deals are the ones that's like, you really don't drop a lot of a lot of resources you just you find a window to buy low and you do it yeah. uh and i i love the idea of riley nash he's a great defensive forward and there is a lot of players on the leafs right now mikhaev is one of them hyman marner matthews riley nash uh nick felino we should talk about who he is as a player besides all these abstract ideas that we have about the values of draft picks that can close out a game for you. Another great thing about Nick Foligno, he's a decent penalty killer. People are mean like he can play on every special teams. I don't want this guy on our power play. Not a chance. He's, yes, he, and like, I think people confuse this because like sometimes people are like, Nikita Zaitsev plays 27 minutes a night. Yeah, well, he shouldn't be. (laughs) Yeah, that's someone's mistake. Yeah. Someone's glaring mistake. And it's like, just because it's like, oh, if you dated someone cool doesn't mean you're cool. You mean that someone put you in a role you never deserved to be in. That doesn't mean you're good. Uh, He shouldn't play in the power play. I don't like guys mucking up in the front for the sake of it. I want the skill guys to be able to have that time and just go. He is great, though, at uh, forechecking and loose puck recovery besides Zach Hyman. He's probably the second best on the team and that's no crime. I'll say this though. Um, he might be an interesting look as a plumber on that second line. I'm sad. I'm sorry. I know who you wanted on the second line, but in the playoffs, man, you need a lot of plumbers. You need the super Mario brothers. You just need a lot of plumbers up there. I love your analogy. I hate your point. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's no, you don't need to sorry. I think it's a valid point. And I think a lot of people share it. I think that you need some plumbers. I think the thing somebody, my friend Andrew Reynolds, tweeted me about this last night, and he said that there's something stupid about the playoffs is that they don't call any rules. Yeah, and that's why you need and, plumbers. I was just gonna say, like, sure, they just it change. Like, it's the only fucking sport in the world where the actual league changes what it is. Well, we'll get into this in a later yeah. podcast, yeah. but. But yeah, I think he, I just I don't know about about him as a playing with. I, although the other thing is that's what I, I really wanted the Leafs to get some some genuine secondary scoring, but none went. So yeah, I think overall I'm happy with the deadline. Let's talk quickly, unless you have any big Felino thoughts. I just it, it is pretty cool to see Mike Felino was on the Leafs team that was like widely heralded as the greatest in our lifetime, which is the 93. And he had that double OT winner. Uh, it's just pretty kind of, it's kind of neat that his son is, it is here nice. Yeah. when it's like, I don't like expectation though. Cause I, you know, I, I just, it's fun though. It and you do have to acknowledge yeah. that stuff. While I don't, I don't make my equi- my acquisitions based on that. Yeah. He, but, and he did that fun jump thing yeah. and he had a fun helmet. He had the funnest well, celebration and the funniest helmet. I think both those things, they may not show up on the score sheet, but they mean nothing. Nine but they of, make me laugh. None out of ten neurologists. If he scores, will not call I want him to do helmet. that jump thing. What did you just say about neurologists? They do not call that a fun helmet, man. Oh nine God. out of ten brain surgeons do not call that helmet fun. <laughs> they do not. They're like, oh, oh good God. Um, I'll tell you who my favorite Leafs trade is. Is it is it Dave Riddick? It's not actually, but that's a great segue that you we stumbled into. I like Dave. I like the Dave Riddick pick pickup. Uh, I for a minute, it's like another one of those things. I was like, oh, I would have preferred Drieger from from Florida. From Florida, <laughs> from Florida. I'm drinking non-alcoholic beer. Positively <laughs> wasted. Uh, yeah, I'm, but Riddick is good. He's a leaf killer. He's a good backup. I like him and Campbell as a tandem for ne- as a, as a tandem for next year. Actually, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Is he signed for next year though? He is not, no. but I think he'll sign for less than Freddie. Fair. Uh, can I can I throw my brother under the bus here? Can I do that? I, I think that's a question for yourself. I, I, that's what I'm kind of having the. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna do it. So I I went to sleep. I don't know. Pretty pretty earlyish last night. I, I I look at my phone at. 12.30 or so, and I get a text message from my brother that's in all caps, and I just looked at like the preview thing, because it was 
the night before the trade deadline, you kind of figure some stuff's going to shake loose. So I look at it, and all I see is all caps. It says, holy shit, this is it. Dubas is going for it. He's pushed in all of his chips. It's 1230 at night. I'm a little bit disgruntled, and I look at my phone, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, did they do it? And I believe you had texted me something about Taylor Hall at the same time. That was just Hall, Hall, Hall in three letters. That was just what I wanted. Yeah. So I open up my phone, and the first message from you is that. And from my brother, it says multimedia message. So he had sent that as well as a picture. And when I open up the picture, it's the Dave Riddick trade. (laughs) That's how excited he was. He's a backup goalie. Oh, my God. I was just so I was just so confused and it woke me up and like when you wake up to like exciting news it's hard to get back to sleep and I was just like what the hell is he so worked up about at half past 12 in the morning Were you worked up were you excited I was actually the first thing I thought was like holy fuck what is that's what, what I, I thought that's, it was something more LTIR shenanigans with Freddie I I was just thinking uh I wasn't excited about the Riddick trade but I when, when I woke up I was just like I thought that we did acquire Hall overnight, and my thing was like, oh my god, what? What did we give up? It was my thing. And obviously, you know, if I wanted to stay awake and, and cruise through Twitter, I would have seen that wasn't even feasible, because I think 1 o'clock in the morning they were like, yeah, he's going to Boston. Yeah, I think it was... It's So, yeah, I do think it's a win to get through this deadline without losing Sandine, Amarov, uh, Robertson, obviously, Lilgren even... Uh, ben Hutton is a good penalty kill specialist, uh, and I really like that because I think if if Bogosian or Muzzin do do go out, you do need you know somebody else to step in who can kill penalties. And Ben Hutton, uh, I think, is a decent defenseman. I do think that he's a, a between like a, a a five six, but I like the depth. I like the signing. I think it's it's nice. My favorite trade for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Alex Galchenyuk. That's my favorite oh, Leafs acquisition. Yeah, okay. I really That's think fair. so. Oh, I will say this is a quick point about David Riddick. Uh, I can't explain how he came up with this, but a pretty respected uh, guy who looks into the value of goalies, pretty uh, domination with the athletic, oh, who is yeah, like a genius. Yeah. He sees his value and Freddie's as equivalent, and Jack Campbell better than both. Their and bank I, books would uh, would differ. <laughs> oh, undeniably, which I think if you can get a guy who is close to as good, and you can maybe sign him in the off season. Yeah. I love that. I love. Uh, I like the uh, that idea for next year. But I think Alex Galchenyuk coming in and making a genuine push to be a top sixer. It's change. I think it changed yeah. internally what they needed to do. I think so. And here's the one thing. And I, I don't mean to keep cycling back to Taylor Hall, but I'm going to cycle back to Taylor Hall. I think that if Taylor Hall's situation you know, taking a, a swing at it with a Canadian team did not pan out like I like like was probable, especially a team that, that just couldn't retain him, couldn't sign him. Yeah. He finds himself almost in a like, I'm not going to say the same, but a like uh, situation as Alex Galchenyuk, yeah. where it's a flat cap and it's probably a show-me deal from there on out. And uh, I, I don't think he would get, I think he's after term, because I just don't think he wants to fucking go for oh, I think he signs in Boston tomorrow. I just don't think he wants to be at the deadline again next year being like, where do I want to go? Where am I moving? Charles? Yeah? I can't take it. Emotionally, I cannot handle the prospect of Taylor Hall arriving and not arriving anymore. Plus, he's getting older every year, and who knows where he is. But I am going to put a pin in Taylor Hall because I think you are right with your theory. I don't know if you said this on mic or off. What was that? He's going to sign with Boston yesterday. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Long he, term, gonna sign, oh, he's gonna I, I don't think we got. I think I think that's going to come out like before they make the playoffs, and the the quote will be like, "We want him to worry about one thing, and that's playing hockey." And then Krejci goes into the sunset because I think Krejci is like thirty six or thirty seven or something. Everyone on Boston is old. Yeah, uh, Boston is about to is about to. Uh, you know, every year I've been waiting for Boston to kind of fall off, and this year they've taken their first drop. And who knows? Although you know, McAvoy, Grizznik looks good. Uh, Pasternak is amazing. Marshawn has been great. Let's get off the Bruins. Yeah, Let's go to the the Calgary Flames, who traded us. Uh, big who, save, Dave. Who traded us? Big save, Dave. Thank you for that. The Calgary Flames. I I gotta say, Charles, we the beginning of this podcast was very much like okay, so we have the it's the Leafs, the Jets, the Canadians. Very quickly, the Sens fell off. And about a week after, it seemed like Vancouver fell off, besides a big run from Demko. 
Calgary, to me, man, it's like I can't believe they're they were like in a position at the deadline where they were such clear sellers. They have sucked ass oh, lately. Yeah. yeah. It's like their coach, who's also a farmer, brought the whole wagon of shit with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so strange that uh, prioritizing playing Milan Lucic didn't work out. Unbelievable. Lucic, 20 ma- How mad do you think he is that they traded Sam Bennett, by the way? I bet he is fuming. Oh, you think? They- oh, yeah. I think he probably resents Sam Bennett while he probably enjoys his style of play. I think he resents him oh, for being he asked drafted for a high. trade. Well, I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I don't think anyone likes uh, if somebody asks to leave, but I think because he was drafted high. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I think. I don't know. I think Sutter's the kind of guy that, like, he would if he was a GM, he'd probably draft a fucking utility knife in the first round, as opposed, to, like, yeah. But I mean, I mean, that was the thing with Bennett, though. Is Bennett was supposed to be this like heralded two-way physical guy, uh, and he just never seemed to quite work out. I will say the return they got for him is nice. Yeah. Uh, a second round pick and Emil Heineman, who looks like a he's a second round pick last year and he looked like a good second round pick. It's a nice haul for Sam Bennett. It's a better haul than the Taylor Hall Hall. Yeah, the Hall Hall. Uh, that second round pick could be anything. That second round pick could even be Sam Bennett. <laughs> God, no, no. You would need a fourth overall pick to draft Sam Bennett. Actually. Well, if, if Sam Bennett wasn't drafted fourth overall. Here's the thing about Sam Bennett, though, yep. because I think he might be one of those guys that from a bit of a change of scenery, figures it out and don't forget that we are literally looking down the barrel of a fourth overall pick in toronto who is finally pulling his shit together maybe he was third overall pick don't nitpick me the audience of this podcast please my point is it takes time for galchenia he was fifth i think he was he was third third sam bennett okay he does. He is a physical guy he's killed it in the playoffs i'm interested to see what he does in florida if he has a good playoffs for florida who are a good team. I know that you don't believe they exist, which is a uh, an interesting theory. No, the the entire, the, like not just the hockey team. I just don't believe Florida itself exists. That is insane because Florida is perhaps the most noteworthy place in the world. I've never seen more news from a smaller location. <laughs> yeah, it's all a work, man. Yeah, it's always like Florida. It's like, man is in man is in standoff with Gator. And I'm like, oh, I bet this is Florida. And then four minutes later, it's like, an interesting twist. Man has married Gator. They just take the craziest news stories from all around the country, and they're like, we can't have all of this getting out. We're going to say it's from one spot, and that's how it works. <laughs> Sam Bennett is a decent transition player. Uh, he's he's actually he's surprisingly good at <laughs> so I was just thinking about Homer's. Our producer just went the picture of Lisa Simpson when Homer dresses her up as Florida. <laughs> he just put it on my notes. I'm literally trying to read a chart about Sam Bennett and this giant fucking picture of Lisa Simpson pops up. Um, okay, so Sam Bennett, based on some work, and I should actually shout out who we're looking at here because uh, there's a couple of accounts on Twitter that make, you know, understanding the the less understood stats of hockey a little easier to process. Andy and Rono are fantastic and also uh, Jay Fresh. So those are both great accounts if you want to follow, if you're interested in any of this stuff. But Sam Bennett grades out well with loose puck recoveries, carrying the puck, uh, exiting with possession, and he's a decent transition player. So it's like, I, he has not been great. There's how, no way around that. How much uh, of the Sam Bennett thing do you think is, like them moving on from him, is kind of a mix between him wanting a change of scenery and him being a four, it's like a combo of him wanting to change the scenery, him being a fourth overall pick, and his contract. Because you're paying pretty good money for quite literally bottom six transition player. He's I not, think he's not slotting in the top. He's six. making two point eight, two point eight million this year, and he's restricted. So yeah. I don't think his. I think your first two points though were dead on. I think that you look at a guy like that, you draft that early, and he's just not doing what you want. I think you don't get out from. Like for us, I guess oh, we, we for the Leafs. Yeah, I, I think I was looking at that Leafs glasses. You can't have two point eight and one player tied up in the bottom six. That's well, why no, they no, want to no, run no. What I was going though. to say is, for a team like the Leafs, if you pick up someone like Alex Galchenyuk, we don't have the baggage of this guy never performed. It's just like we have a player who is doing a good job, doing what we asked him to do. I think you're, the first two things that you said that. I, I think you are you are correct about those though, and I think it's a good question. I think the fact that he asked for a trade, I think another thing that's going on here is Calgary sucks this year, oh, yeah. 
and they don't like they don't suck like you know what like you you there's a certain gentleness to like how they talk about the senators they're like yeah we're not good but i like where we're going calgary has not been good and they're like what do what we do, we do? do with this because you've got the pieces there but they're not they're not fitting they're not fitting quite there i mean it's i i wouldn't qu- but i think in a year like this you got to sell something you know what brian burke calls that situation it's one of his most like brutal terms Sometimes you've got to kill a hostage. Jesus Christ. <laughs> let the room know you're serious. That is a quote right there. <laughs> and I, I guess it's like, if you've got the core pieces and they're not working, you, sometimes you got to, and that's what he says, it's like sometimes you've got to kill a hostage to let them know you're serious, which is, oh, that's a grim one. Okay. I think that's a perfect way to put a button on Calgary today. I think that is, I'm not going to beat Brian Burke. Good Lord. That is a quote. Uh, the Jets never did a whole lot. Never Jordy Ben, a, baby. Never did a whole lot today. They acquired Jordy Ben. For Best beard in the Canadian division. Oh, my God. The beard on that man. Oh. On appearance alone, he's worth two firsts. Yeah, he looks like Paul Bunyan or that Simpsons, like, bounty. They paper t- oh, Jesus Christ. What happened there? I don't bring up anything else on The Simpsons. I'm going to get a bunch of funny yeah, pictures the, posted the on my show episode notes. episode of, like, the lumberjack that's on the paper towel company. That's what he, that's, that's what he, I don't think it was Bounty, though. Jordy Ben has had one of the best years of his career this year at age 33. I mean, is that a coincidence that he did it while stapled to Quinn Hughes? No, he is not. No, probably. Um, but I mean, he's, he's had a decent year. He's a good penalty killer. I mean, he's tough for what that matters. Uh, he's decent at getting out of the zone. I don't, I mean, I listen, I don't mind this for the jets, but we talked about the jets. Like they need to, they, we, what, what everyone, not just you and I, everyone said about the jets this year. They're like, if this team can add a legitimate piece on their blue line, uh, you know they're going to get there, and they two. A lot of people are like they need to add two defense. Well, they honestly they added they added one bottom pairing defense. Yeah, and he, hey man, he, didn't he play? No, no, his more talented brother Jamie played in the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, that'd be so funny! Be like, didn't he win an Art Ross once? <laughs> <laughs> the eighty-three point Art Ross. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I don't think Jamie Ben won an Art Ross either, for what it's worth. Yeah, he won half of an Art Ross. Connor McDavid's probably going to beat that in 56 games. I mean, is... he is. But I, I don't think Jordy Ben moves the needle enough for them. I don't think they're a contender. I think that, and they don't have the, they don't, they're, their best forwards too, like Connor and Shifley are also weak defensively. So I think that they really have to stabilize that blue line. I still think they're missing Dustin Bufflin, man. Oh, yeah. Well, they won't say that because they'd have to pay him that last year in his contract. Yeah, right. Uh, I think how much do you think it was they were kind of fishing for guys that didn't move? I would think they probably lost out on Savard. As like I'm just trying to think of like the the flow chart of how you end up making your only deadline with yeah you you make your only deadline acquisition as Jordy Ben. So I'm figuring they swung out on Savard. They probably spent a lot of time trying to get Matias Ekholm, which would have been a, a savior to their problems in my opinion. That would have been everything they wanted. Edmonton added Kulikov very early today, so that's probably your order of which you wanted yeah. guys right there. Dallas didn't move Jamie Alexiak, who was another big sexy name that everybody wanted. Yeah, because so, Dallas is also on the fringes of... So by the time you make those five phone calls, what's really... And, you know, meanwhile, you've got the Habs are picking up John Merrill and uh, not Gustafson. Uh, you've got the Leafs picking up Ben Hutton. There's not much left. Yeah. Like, Jordy Ben was one of those deals that came in after the deadline which was like it was filed but nobody knew about it because it wasn't really newsworthy and they're busy talking about bigger fish to fry but i, I think they just kind of went swinging big and then jordy ben came sit- up empty yeah jordy ben sitting there it's like look who came crawl or jim benning rather look who came crawling back yeah well they i wouldn't say they came up empty. they hit a single yeah, okay. But that's they fair needed, that's fair you know, they needed, honestly, they needed a dinger and a double to yeah. make that blue well, line. They, I think they needed to add two because if, you, if you're dealing with an injury. They needed Matias Eckholm. They did. If you well. wanted to be, because I think that something that's going on here, and this will transition us to the Oilers if you'd like to go there. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if it's time or not. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Um, so, besides Mark Bergevin being a madman, this is two things about Mark Bergevin. One, if somehow the Jets end up playing the Habs, yeah. it is deeply funny to me that a storyline becomes Winnipeg couldn't get a defenseman because Montreal <laughs> got all of them. That's hilarious. That's pretty good. I like that. And the other thing is, 
and this makes me feel like Edmonton in particular, how much of this, and I'm not saying that this is what will happen, but Ken Holland was not talking today like he was a contender at all. He was not talking today like the Oilers were a contender, not in the slightest. And I think a bit of this is the division waving a bit of a white flag. Now, would I be shocked if Toronto loses to a team in the first round? No, I wouldn't because this is hockey and Tampa lost to Columbus two years yeah. ago with uh, Art Ross winner Nick Foligno leading the way. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's not how it works, Matt. They don't give the Art Ross to the best first Wait, they don't player. give the Art Ross to a guy who scored 38 points? Interesting. you got to um, flip him around some years. 83. Right. So we got a quote here from Chris uh, from Ken Holland today. He says, I don't think you can be in all every I don't think you can be all in every year. I think you pick and choose. And he picked and chose to not go all in this year. They didn't do much. I will say their one move is great. But I, what do you think about that, that, that potentially cuz well, I Fuck. just Yeah, that's it's yeah. I was pretty shocked when I watched that press conference. They didn't get one forward to play with McDavid whether or do they just throw? I know they're in a bit of a cap bind, but like, man, Call the Senators and trade your way out of it. Tell them yeah, to pick up Zach Cashin. Yeah. I don't think they want to move on from him, though. Good Lord. I, I'm telling you, I don't think they want to move on from that guy. Uh, is James Neal's contract coming off the books there this year? Because that, in a flat, no, it's not, is it? No, he's got a, a year after this. Is it? Right? I think it yeah, might it even does. be two. Jesus Christ. Uh, I've, I've never seen a GM that, and they're sitting, what, second in the division or third? They're third. Yes, they're third right now. I I've, I never saw that quote. That's to me. That's like Ken Holland confuses me because he's been there. Like he's been to the dance before. He knows what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. He's done it, uh, and he's done it with minimal moves. And those Detroit teams have done. Granted, he built one hell of a, a brick shit house there. But I uh, wow, I didn't see that quote. I would be uh, upset if I were an Edmonton Oilers fan seeing that being like. Hey, we uh, we got this far with uh, two of our ponies doing all the work, and uh, saddle up, boys. We're gonna we're gonna keep going down this path. You gotta get a forward. You gotta. You gotta try something. I will there. say though, they did get uh, they did get Dmitry Kulikov, who was on my wish list. I think yeah. he is a. Uh, they got him for a fourth and a third if they win around. That sounds confident. Uh, <laughs> Kulikov has had an unbelievable year in Jersey, possession-wise, transition-wise, play driving. He's been he's been really, really good. I think this is a great pickup for the Oilers, but a big storyline in Edmonton is you have guys like Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones who have been playing well in limited roles that I think the fan base is kind of yearning to give give a shot to. And then that's not even mentioning Evan Bouchard, who hasn't played since March first. Uh, also, you've 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 got to like. It's not a doubt in my mind they're going to lock up Tyson Berry. It's not a doubt in my mind they're going to. I think they really term. they had a great opportunity today to trade high on Tyson Berry. Yeah. His value will never oh, be higher. He's not, making and, no and, money. He has a shit ton of points. I'm telling you, they're going to give him four or five years. Mark Bergevin probably wanted Tyson Berry today. Does Tyson Berry play on the left side? No, I'm just saying that uh, he didn't actually. I'm just saying because he has every. No, Ber- Bergevin just he was a lefty himself. He just hoards left defense. <laughs> you told me that once before. That's insane. Yeah, no, he, that's. He wants to build a team that's nothing but left defensemen. Okay, so but uh, but what did you say about Edmonton there though before that? I, I just don't know how. Like, if you're an Edmonton fan, like I don't know how this gets kind of like. You got to be looking at Calgary and what happened there because they've got all the, the pieces, but it just doesn't fit. And you got to be kind of worried. But Edmonton has the piece. Well, Edmonton has like the what, piece. like that line there that he said. I don't think you can be in all year. I think you pick and choose. You have Connor McDavid. Uh, yeah, you go in. Like look at the like the the Penguins. They won how many cups with Crosby? Three. They won three cups. Two of them are back to back. As long as you've got him and Malkin, which you can make the comparison to Drysaitel and McDavid, you go all in every year. You pay the tab later when those guys are older and they haven't gotten anything. I, I don't get it. And if I'm an Oilers fan, I'm looking at what happens in Calgary and their core pieces are kind of aging out. And I don't like the idea of them locking up Barry, but I can see it happening. I can see him getting three or four years there. And then you've got Clefbaum as well. So I could see well, this. Clefbaum is a nice piece. He though. is a nice piece. But I and can he's see on them. a good deal, $4 million for Clefbaum. I think that's one of the nicest contracts in the league. Yes, but if you lock up Barry and you lock and Clefbaum comes back healthy, where do you think Ethan Bear goes? He gets traded on the draft floor. And do you want that? He gets buried. <laughs> I should be in prison. I don't know. I think a lot of people were worried about uh, were worried about 
Ethan Bear getting moved, and they're probably happy that he didn't. But Edmonton, it's like one of those things. It's like you actually have the pieces. You just might not see it. Let's go to the Canucks. What does that feel like? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I wait. What do you mean? We're Leafs fans, dude. I mean, but I think we see that the pieces are they're here. But I, and you know what though? I'm not one of those. I'm not. I'm not saying that McDavid is that Matthews is better than McDavid because he is not. No. But I will say that if you have someone as good as Matthews, you have to go for it every year. Yes, I agree. And McDavid is better than Matthews. Well, why so are hence, you going for it? You're making year. a big mistake. Yeah, you're, I, I just I don't understand that mentality at all. Vancouver didn't do a whole lot, but I mean Vancouver's in a bit of a rough spot in terms of like you know. They they moved Godev for Highmore, I think, value-wise, between those two players. Highmore is a bit of a... Not to be rude to Matthew Highmore, whoever he may be, but he looks like a bit of a scrub, and Godet has some potential. They also traded for Madison Bowie, who has been horrendous this year. And so it's like, for me, I said, I was like, you got to sell. I said this a couple weeks ago. And they added, really. They just yeah, made a couple uh, weird ads. I will say, though, that like from a human... From a human perspective, though, if you're like dealing with that COVID outbreak, yeah. you, yeah. how do you call someone in the middle of that and tell them they got to move? You know what I mean? Like, how does Jim? Well, I don't think Jim Benning is but making ben a call did. himself. Jordy Ben went. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I don't know. Maybe take on a, a, a uh, take on a seller, someone who wants to buy him, Brandon Sutter. Man, how long is he going to hold on to the NHL? I don't know. I only found out he's only like 34 or something the other day. He's only like two years older than me, and he feels like he's been around for a hundred years. I think our thoughts on Vancouver are pretty uh, are pretty steady, which is that we're kind of dicey comfortable, not super comfortable talking about it because of the human issue, the yeah, human issues of their it's health, hard and we to just separate. kind of want them to be. Yeah, I want everyone to be okay. It goes beyond and to have a long career and their families it, to be. Yeah, fine. it goes beyond sport. You've got arena staff, management, front office workers, and and families of players involved in all this, and and I, I in good faith can't sit down and get amped about a guy getting traded away from there. Because it's, yeah. That said, I'm always amped to dunk on the Ottawa Senators. Let's get into it. They had a fine deadline, frankly. I don't have a problem with it. Did you see the Melanick Inn stuff? Melanick Inn? We were talking about this earlier. So Charles, I love this. This is one of my favorite things about you. Every time me and you talk about the Ottawa Senators, you have this fun little niche thing that has happened that I don't know about yet. First, it was the Sickos. I know it's not niche anymore. That's got mainstream. You were early on it. You're like listening to Alligator by the National, letting the people know what's coming. <laughs> oh, that's way too good. That, you're giving me too much credit there. I know, that so, band rules. So, apparently, like, the higher up at the Hockey News had wrote, written an article uh, praising Eugene Melanick and his uh, role with the Ottawa Senators, and he may or may not, I don't know if it's a real billboard or if it's a photo of a Photoshop billboard, but it's like the hashtag Melanick in. And it's a page and a half article, and obviously the sickos, who are near and dear to my heart, ate it alive on Twitter. So this guy who is, like, super high up, maybe the owner I I saw thrown around that title, which I don't think is a title of hockey news, he's just been completely mass-blocking Senators fans, and he, like deleted the tweet of the article and put it back up so nobody could reply to it. And I'm just wondering, I'm wondering, it's like, how much does this set old Eugene back instead of paying for his talent? Oh, I'm, I'm sure it has. I'll, I will say, though, as a person who thinks Twitter as a platform has major issues, yeah. I have no problem whatsoever with people turning off replies to things. Oh, no, that's fair. None at all. I just think it's funny that it was, it was up, and then he was like, Oh, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So, oh, fuck, this was a mistake. And he like he probably had to ask one of his workers, just like, how do I put this up? But nobody's allowed to say anything. <laughs> so here's some moves that they made. I think the biggest, the the most interesting thing that they is something they didn't do, which they didn't move Dzingle, which is is a very funny thing. They seem to be acquiring and sending off Dzingle. I thought they were going to flip him again, and honestly, I think that he's a valuable piece. But I I think he likes playing in Ottawa, and I hope he lands and signs a reasonable deal. And you know. Just old, settles in. The old Daniel Winnick. Bring him yeah, back to trade yeah. again. <laughs> He's a good player, man. Dezingle's good. Yeah. And that's a fun name. Dezingle. Dezingle. On real. Ryan Dezingle. He also made a minor trade. They traded, uh, they got Michael Amadio from LA, who is an okay fourth line center for, well, that's my name. That's Rihanna. Do you know, do you know Rihanna? 
<laughs> like I know Rihanna's fan base refers to themselves as the Navy. Rihanna's Navy. Is that true? That's true. That's where Steve Dangle, the Dangle Navy, came from. Wow. Yeah, there we go. Throwing that around, I also did not know. Throwing around all kinds of trivia here. Those will be on my Who Wants to Be a Millionaire question sheets. Erica Branson, who you mentioned earlier. Yeah, they yeah. feared target of your oh, your yeah. roommate. Oh, yeah. Very feared. Yeah, so he, he went this year. Uh, or, sorry, he did go. He went to the Nashville Predators. They, they got a fifth-round pick. I did not know he moved. He did. He was one of the late ones that trickled in. This I is, love that about the trade deadline. This is that the last like, trade break They make those today. fucking poor people come in all day long, and 60% of the trades come in after it's over. This is the worst league in the world. I've said this a million times. Only a sport as great as hockey could make me support a league as bad as the NHL. It's so funny because they're like, well, it was filed already, but it hasn't gotten out yet. And I'm just picturing, like, the league has one fax machine that paper is overflowing on on deadline day, and they just can't get them out quick enough. It's like, hey, Gary, go check the fax. It's 3 p.m. Let's make sure there's nothing piling up there. It's like, oh, shit, it's full. Okay. I'd be yelling in your home at the thought of Gary Bettman handling the NHL fax machine, by the way. This is, this is where we're at. It, uh... Well, we're almost done. I apologize. I just had, uh, I had something that I was prepping to say. I was being a bad active listener, and I apologize on mic. <laughs> so uh, they did make a trade. They traded Mike Riley for a third. Yeah, I love Mike Riley as well. Mike Riley is good. I, don't, I think that... Uh, he, he, yeah, Mike Riley is very honestly. Yeah. I'm gonna say this. I think that he went to Boston for a third round pick. I think that's nice business for the Bruins. Yeah. And I think with all the holes in the blue line that Boston is having right now, Mike Riley is going to go from a guy who looks like the off brand version of Morgan Riley to a guy who is people start to see has been toiling in Ottawa for a couple of years, doing his goddamn best, and has been doing a nice job as a puck-moving defenseman. I am not entirely sure on this. I would have to rack my brain. One, he is a St. John's Ice Cap alumni. I do remember that. Two, if I'm not mistaken, everything's coming full circle here, but was he a waiver claim from the Ottawa Senators, or from the Habs to the Senators? Is that how Mike Riley got there? I do not know. I, I can't. It was either a waiver claim or they got him for like a low... He was definitely, I think, I will say that he, they did not pay a lot to acquire Yeah, him. he might have been a waiver claim, which is funny given we kicked off the show with talking about a waiver claim in, in Ottawa. Uh, Mike Riley was, was on my list as kind of like a, he's, he, he does, he's a, if you play like the NHL uh, 08, which is like where I kind of maxed out with them, you had the two-way defenseman, the TWD, which I don't think they have them in the new, new games now. It's, it's all or nothing. Uh, fifth round draft pick, by fifth, the way, and a man named Andrew Sturtz. Sturtz, fun name. Anyway, Mike Riley is is like a two way defenseman, so he was on my radar as like he could plug in if there would be an injury type of thing like that, or an upgrade on Dermot on that third pairing. Him going to Boston is interesting because I can see them giving major minutes to him down there. They're gonna have to. Yeah, well, they're it's... playing a real a lot of Mark Donks right now on that blue line. <laughs> also, very fun name. Uh, he was not a nice cap. So, you know what that means? You uh, had a really weird, specific dream. Oh, uh, no, I'm, I'm throwing a... He's, he was, Mike Riley was definitely on one... Maybe you saw a picture of him drinking caps. an ice cap or something. Oh, I would but, hope not. But he was not. But anyway, I wonder if Mike Riley turns into one of those guys that uh, the Sens kind of look at. He's only 27. Signs a reasonable deal. Settles in in Boston. Looks like a real part of a decent blue line. And it stings a little bit that he's gone. And I'm going to close us out with the stingiest of stings. <laughs> like sting from the police? Yes. The very same. So this is something that was utterly bewildering to me. At the beginning of this year, Ottawa moved a 2021 second round pick to acquire Derek Stepan who promptly said he pretty much said he hated playing there while he was still playing, played about 15 games, got injured, and now will surely leave for nothing. If you're a team like Ottawa, and don't get me wrong, I know Ottawa has 4,000 draft picks, so it doesn't sting as much, but still, we started talking about asset management, and we will end talking about asset management. I think that is brutal for them. Uh, We're at an hour and five here, which I think is good for us. We we were not so lengthy as before. Any final words on Nick Foligno? Because, I mean, I know that we're not a Leafs podcast, but there's not a bigger deal made in the Canadian division. That's true. That is the biggest deal in the Canadian division. 
I think it, it, it's got the potential to be like one of those fun trades. I know they're not going to retain him. I know Nick Felino is probably, in every sense of the word, like a pure rental, which we haven't seen since Mark Recchi. Mark Recchi went, uh, who did the fucking, he went, he went from the Penguins to the Carolina Hurricanes and then immediately signed with the Penguins. I think that's kind of, he's immediately going to sign with Columbus. He even said, he's like, yeah, my family's not coming to Toronto with me. So I, I hope, you know, I, I hope he's effective. Uh, the Derek Stepan thing, he had a separated shoulder, correct? So there's there's no way you can trade for him. Oh, no. But, yeah, but to it me, it's sucks. like, why would you trade this? Do you think you're going to get more than the second round yeah, or you that's, traded that's for fair. him back? One of the stories that... That's I, wild. I was kind of watching the trade deadline today hoping that Jack Eichel would move because I thought it was like that would be the... Cra- that would make the like 10 Not hour... Not a chance. Not a chance? Oh, still- yeah, certainly a chance. There's a chance anything yeah. could happen and Buffalo's dumb. I don't know. My, my favorite like non story that's been brought up outside of the Canadian division realm. And I just want to talk about it is the fact that the Sabres have been so bad this year, Jack Eichel, like not even at the midway point of the season was like, I'm hurt. Fuck you. I'm not coming back. Yeah. That might be how he leaves that organization. So it's like the return on hall was bad enough, but imagine if that happens as well. I can't believe like going through what the Sabres have been going through the last five years and being like, I think this is going to get worse. You got to think that if that does happen, there might be time to talk about relegating them to the AHL and bringing an AHL team into the NHL fold. Well, I think that's very possible, and they are expanding. This is my last thought on Nick Foligno. I'm going to close on this, unless you have something that you're bursting to get off Well, he looks like the human animation of one of uh, Bert from Sesame Street. (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's that's true. I agree. My point is that I think that this is one of these things that my head does not like, but my heart is going to love. I think he's going to be a great fit. I think he's going to be really fun to watch. And I think in the playoffs, he might do something really fun. Or more sadness is coming for us as well. Thanks, everybody, very much for listening. Uh, Stay safe. Keep fit. (laughs) Have fun. Have fun. (laughs)